You're listening to Thrive, where every week we have meaningful conversations with incredible women like you, packed with practical tips and sisterly advice to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday gal who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. I'm your host, Erica Gwynn, and I'm ready to thrive together. Here's today's episode. Hey friends, welcome back to Thrive. If you've ever found yourself swearing off sweets forever or trying diet after diet, frustrated that it's just not working, you're not alone. And there is a better, healthier way to live that does involve eating the dang cupcake. Alana Vandersloos is a certified intuitive eating counselor and the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, where she empowers women who want to heal their relationship with food, weight, and their bodies through intuitive eating and mindset work. She's on Thrive today to call out the top three roadblocks stopping you from seeing results and to shine light on a better alternative way of living that actually works so that you can get back to learning to love the beautiful body you're in and the beautiful life you've been given. Fair warning, you might walk away from this episode smashing your scale, and we are totally cool with that. I want to give a brief trigger warning as this episode does discuss sensitive topics like eating disorder recovery and disordered eating, as Halana herself struggled with eating disorders for years. While this episode is one focused on healing and becoming your healthiest, happiest self in recovery, feel free to listen to a different episode of Thrive if you're feeling a bit more sensitive to the topic today. Stay tuned through this episode, drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to, and now welcome Alana. Hi, Erica, how are you? I'm doing so good. I'm so happy that you're here again, because this is take two for us, because hashtag life. <laughs> um, so you that are mom that mom life though, for real. We I love when I love when we have people on the show who just like get it where something happens and we're like, nope, I totally understand because anything can happen. And I feel like so much of thriving is being able to pivot <laughs> and make it make it work when you're able to. So I'm so glad that you're here <laughs> again. Absolutely. Just, just being in the messy and you were, you were so gracious about it. You're like, no problem at all. We'll just reschedule. And that's exactly what we're doing. Yeah. So here we are. You're a wife, you're a mom, you're an author, you're a speaker. You're also a certified intuitive eating counselor. You're the founder of freedom with food and fitness and an eating disorder survivor. So lots to unpack together there today. I will let you start with your story and pass the mic so that you can kind of introduce yourself to all of our friends. Absolutely. So, you know, the story is, is, is long, but I'll try to truncate it as much as possible. I grew up in a small town where it was really easy to kind of stand out, you know, a big fish in a small pond. I did well academically. I did well in extracurricular activities. I was always conventionally in a straight body, conventionally like a cute little girl, right? So lots of praise coming my way. I was an only child, so there was no one else to compete with at home. Lots of praise coming my way, which all, all sounds wonderful. And I saw what it had done to me. I realized that I had grew up my entire life feeding off of external validation, 
wanted gold stars, wanted praise. I fed off of it. That was the only way I knew how to validate myself. I had no idea how to be my own biggest cheerleader and how to cultivate that internal validation. So fast forward, you know, to 22, getting out of grad school, I have my, my master's degree in education. I'm going to be a teacher. I have no idea if I'm going to get a job in September, where I'm going to get a job, if it's going to be around family, around friends. I no longer have this grading system that ranks me and tells me how worthy I am. And all of a sudden, I feel completely untethered. I feel like I have no control over my life. I feel like I don't know where I fall in the grand scheme of life. And it was very jarring for me. And I had grown up in diet culture. You know, I was, I was a kid in the late nineties and the early two thousands with all those magazines and the, the advent of social media. And in my mind, I was taught from various, you know, from family and from media and all that thin meant pretty thin meant better. So in my perfectionist little brain, that was, that felt so out of control with everything else in my life. I was like, okay, well, I don't have control of these other things, but I'm going to take control over my body. I'm going to be as thin and fit as I possibly can, because that will mean that I rank somewhere in this world. And, you know, looking back on it, super irrational line of thinking, but um, it's what created my eating disorders. So I ended up with binge eating disorder and orthorexia. And I had body dysmorphia where what I saw in the mirror was not what was there. And no matter how thin I got, no matter how little I ate, it was never enough. I never liked what I saw in the mirror. And um, it took most of my 20s away from me until I found intuitive eating, which is a philosophy that is anti-diet. It's very much about health and nutrition and fitness, but it doesn't focus on weight loss as a goal. And it blew my mind because I was like, oh my God, wait. Number one, there are other people that have my crazy disordered thoughts and behaviors. But number two, there are women out there who have actually found another way of life where you can just enjoy food and not worry about the number on the scale. It like blew my mind. So I dug into all of that and it took me years because I didn't have any professional support, but eventually I recovered and, and I got, I become, I became certified as a, as a counselor for intuitive eating. And I realized that I wanted to take not only what I had studied, but what I had learned in my own personal journey. And I wanted to give that back to women who are probably in the same spot that I was that, you know, maybe not exactly, but are dissatisfied with their bodies. They don't like what they look like in the mirror. They don't know how to eat without a diet, you know, or obsessively exercising, all of those things. That's, that's who I, I help. Well, first off, thank you for sharing all of that. Second, I want to start off with a disclaimer right off the bat that if you are listening in and you find yourself relating to any of this or experiencing an eating disorder, disordered eating disorder, thinking yourself, and you are able to get professional help, please do so. Um, but also want to say, uh, really excited for you to unpack all of the ways that you were able to kind of help yourself through the process as well, especially not having professional help because we're like big fans of therapy over here. Um, 
<laughs> but also it's not necessarily always accessible or something that everyone is able to sign themselves up for right away for whatever reason. So I think being able to have professionals like yourself who are able to kind of fill in those gaps and provide recommendations and provide tools and resources and things that actually are scientifically proven to work along the way is such a blessing. So very grateful that you are here for that exact reason. Um, we had an episode, gosh, on intuitive eating a long, long time ago. So I think we are absolutely due for a refresher at this point. Can you walk everyone through? I know you said, obviously it is different than dieting, which is like incredible, but can you walk everyone through what it actually means and what it looks like in practice that makes it different than dieting? Because so much feel like it's so unique in and of itself and makes so much sense when we think about it and how it relates to our bodies and what it means, but it can just feel like kind of like shell shock. Like you said that you experienced yourself being like, wait, whoa, what? We're not tracking our, our weight or like doing like, what is it then? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's, it's a philosophy. It is a way of life where you just, you don't focus on your weight in relation to your health. So you still, we still talk about what we call gentle nutrition. So it's being mindful of, you know, needing enough protein and fiber and, and vitamins and nutrients and all those things, but not having to track every single thing. It's what I like to call it's health without obsession. It's focusing on, yeah, you do need to move your body every single day. Um, that could be gardening, CrossFit, walking, running. It could be any of those things as long as you're doing it consistently. Um, you can have a cupcake. It doesn't have to be this guilt and shame where nobody is looking. It's, it's just like all foods fit. We listen to how our body feels. So when we're hungry, we eat. When we're full, we're stopped. We very much are in tune with those body cues. We listen to our cravings. If, if, I, wanna, if I want ice cream, I have ice cream. I don't you know, deny myself the ice cream and then spend my whole day thinking about it so that I can binge on it later on at night. And it's a scientifically validated philosophy. Like there are studies that show that intuitive eating actually um, improves health markers, improves body confidence, and, and all these wonderful things that a lot of us hope dieting will give us that confidence, that happiness, that health, but it really doesn't. It creates this obsessive cycle because dieting just isn't sustainable. And with intuitive eating, you're just listening to what your body's telling you it needs and you're trusting your body to tell you accurately what it needs. And a lot of people that's, that's scary for because they've been dieting so long, they feel like they can't trust their bodies. But there are tips and tricks and strategies that you can really start honing in on what your body needs because all your body wants to do is thrive. Like if you if you died, your body would die with you. So, you know, like it's, it's sole purpose. It's sole mission is to stay alive. It wouldn't want you to eat Twinkies all day, but you know, because we've gotten to that dieting headspace, people, people feel like they can't trust themselves anymore. For sure. So two follow-up questions on that, Ben. One for how, how do you recommend women switch mindsets to begin listening to your body and being able to trust it, especially if you are coming off of something like diet culture can you kind of walk us through specifics on what that might sound like in your brain or like what that might feel like in your body where you know and that, okay, this is what my body is telling me and I can trust it? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's so hard because it kind of, I have to meet my clients where they're at in terms of, you know, if they're emotionally eating, the first thing I would want to dive into that 
is what are their emotional triggers? What are they feeling? And not only what they're feeling, but what thoughts are they having that's causing that feeling that, you know, makes them want to, you know, binge on the food. If they're restricting, if they're restricting very heavily, very restrictive diets, they might not have hunger and fullness cues anymore. They, those might've been totally gone because our body will stop quote unquote talking to us if we stop listening. So if you restrict your food and skip meals in the pursuit of weight loss, your body will stop giving you hunger cues because it knows you're not listening anyway. So for somebody who's heavily restricting, I would want to work on you with eating consistently, maybe even setting timers on your phone for every three to four hours, because if we get that consistent nutrition, your hunger cues will come back and that would be your starting point. So it kind of depends on where you're at. I would say for anybody, like no matter what you're kind of going through, the first things I would do would be to delete things like my fitness pal, smash your scale with a hammer or run it over the car. (laughs) And I would do a social media detox because I don't think we realize how much of that doom scrolling on Instagram or TikTok is is harming us because we see these bodies and we it's the same type of body it's this very airbrushed thin fit you know you know fitspo model person and and we think that that's what we're supposed to look like and that's the only body type out there or we're following accounts that talk about what I eat in a day and then we start comparing oh am I eating more than her am I not eating as healthy as she is if I ate like her I'd look like her and all this it's just a whole lot of noise that creates this diet culture voice in our head. Yeah, for sure. And on the flip side of that, for people who are maybe used to not eating the healthiest, but what their go-to kind of food is, is like the stuff in our pantry that's kind of known for tweaking how our brains think of it. Like I, I think of things like Twinkies, Doritos, things where like, They've been proven that the chemicals in them cause that sort of almost like addictive addiction to it, where like you start craving these things because they've been, they've been like literally chemically modified to make you want them. (laughs) How, how do you break Mm -hmm. that in the process too? Because I think that's like such an important part of it where people aren't even aware, like these companies are making things with things inside them to make you want them more so that they make more money. So like, there's also, it's not all your fault. Like give yourself some grace. If you find yourself constantly reaching for the same sort of thing like that, because some of that was like actually kind of intentional on the company's part. (laughs) So if you are, if you're in that sort of cycle too, how can you, how can you start breaking that? That's a really good question. And, you know, I, I don't doubt that there are definitely additives and chemicals and all of these things in the processed foods, but I think a, a lot of people have issues with putting these foods on a pedestal because they know they're not supposed to have them and then not, the not supposed to have the having of them. Wow. English. Um, it, 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 it makes it that much more lucrative, that much more of this like desire. Um, there's years back with children who um, there was a control group and a variable group and one group was told here are red and yellow M&Ms you can have as much as you want of either color and then the other group was told you can have as many yellows as you want but you can't have any of the reds the group that had the more reds was the one that was told they weren't allowed to have any of them it's like once we're told we're not allowed to have something that's all 
we want. So if you're on like a no refined sugar, refined carb diet, all you're going to want is that stuff because you're not allowing yourself to have it. So yes, chemicals, additives, I agree. But at the same time, there needs to be a period in an intuitive eating journey where you allow those foods and you allow them often so that you understand and your body understands, okay, I can have this whenever I want. But you'll reach a point in your journey, most likely, where you're like, hmm, I actually don't really want this anymore because every time I eat it, I feel like crap. So I'm going to pass. So a, a good example from my from my journey is when there was like a holiday, like Christmas, Thanksgiving, there's always the dessert table with all the desserts. And when I was heavily restricting my calories and, you know, I was orthorexic, I wouldn't allow myself anything on that table any other time of the year. But on Christmas, I was like, I want one of everything. I was having desserts I didn't even like just because it was like my day to have all of those things. And once I was done, I was physically sick. I felt so much shame. I thought, oh my God, I've undone all the, you know, quote unquote good that I had done for however many months. And I felt really, really bad about it. But now that I've let myself have all of those foods whenever I want them, I've actually realized I've become very picky with my sugar and my desserts. And I've very much honed in on how much sugar I can have before I start feeling not great in my body. People think, well, then all I'm going to eat is Twinkies and whatever. But once you allow those foods and once you start honing in on how your body feels when you have those foods, you're going to be like, wow, I always feel like crap when I have that. I'm going to make the decision not to have that because I want to feel good. I love this so much and can relate so much firsthand because when I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism, I had to make a lot of tweaks to my diet and just kind of look at everything very holistically in terms of like, all right, I have to listen to my body and give it what it needs. And I kind of started going down that journey myself and realizing that intuitive eating was kind of always what resonated with me the most. But I think you're absolutely right. It's like the more you fuel your body with good things that help you feel your very best and perform your very best. And you really do start to want the other stuff less. And if you're still allowing yourself to have it, you're right. Like you, you don't feel that, that desire of like, Oh, that's like the forbidden fruit that all of a sudden I want more because it looks, I know I can't have it. And I just want to taste like, then you can confidently look at it and, and be like, you know what? I could have it, but I'm actually going to choose this other thing. And I think that choice is almost more empowering in the end anyway, and helps you feel better because now you have the option to do it. So you don't feel like you're restricting yourself or you don't feel bad, but you're still choosing something else that's making you, that you still are wanting. You're actively choosing it yourself. It's probably better for you. And it, you know, like it's just the whole, the whole thing ends up becoming something that I think is a more empowering tone and just makes you feel better overall than the entire tone of like any other diet. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's like, I can't tell you how many times I've been at a birthday party over the past couple of years since I've recovered where I'll have like a bite of, of like the cupcake, one of the cupcakes, and it won't be a good cupcake. And like back in the day, I'd be like, well, it's my cheese. Heck no. Like I'm going to have something else that I really enjoy and I'm going to savor the crap out of it. I'm not having a subpar cupcake. <laughs> yes. I do the exact same thing. We're like, if I take a bite out of a cookie or something and it's not like 
a good one, I will, I'll stop eating it. I'm like, that's not, mm -mm. I want something that I'm going to enjoy 100%. I'm not eating it just because it's here or it's in front of me. I'm like, if I am going to have a cookie, it's going to be a freaking good cookie. Or like, it's going to be the best damn cupcake I can find. I want the specific kind of frosting that I want. I want the specific flavor. Like it's going to be an experience that I love and I'm going to savor every bite. It's not going to be like subpar because life is too short for subpar cupcakes. Yes. <laughs> truly, truly. What do you see as kind of the biggest roadblocks in the way of seeing results for the girls who are doing what they think are all the things. So maybe, maybe they're still doing the diets and everything, but they're, they're working out. They are aware of everything. They're trying really hard, but they just can't seem to budge anything. And they're not, they're just like not getting to where they want to be. And they're hitting their head against the wall. Like, okay, I'm doing all of these things and like nothing is changing. What, what, do you think is the reason for nothing changing or what do you kind of see as being like the main roadblocks that might be causing that sort of pattern or that sort of, I don't know, just like spinning on the endless hamster wheel <laughs> to just keep on going. Yeah. Um, I see three things and watch me forget one of those things by the time I get to the third one, watch it happen. Um, <laughs> the first, the first one is, I see a lot of black and white, all or nothing perfectionist thinking. I see people who are totally on the diet or want to do intuitive eating, but want to do it perfectly where they eat only when they're like a certain amount hungry and then, you know, stop eating when they're just full and perfectly full and all this. It doesn't work like that. Like life does not work like that. Whether you're on a diet, whether you're trying to intuitively eat all or nothing thinking, it creates this, this this shame spiral of like, you can't do it right. And you're a failure and you're either totally on or you're totally off. And when you're totally off, you're losing all progress that you've made with anything anyway. The next thing I see is a lot of women don't eat enough. I see a lot of women eating 1200 calories, which is how much a toddler should eat. Um, it's not enough for a grown woman. Um, the, I, I read somewhere, I, I don't remember the exact place, but it's like, your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, and your liver, those four organs alone need like 1300 calories to function properly. And we see with women who, yeah, isn't that crazy? Women who That's severely nice. restrict, um, there are secondary systems in your body that will actually shut down. So things like hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is where you lose your menstrual cycle, because your body doesn't technically need to be doing that for survival. If you're not getting in enough energy in the form of calories, it'll start shutting stuff down to conserve. So not eating enough. And also, if you don't eat enough calories, your metabolism is going to slow down because your body thinks it's experiencing a famine or a period of starvation. And it's thinking to itself, okay, we're not getting any food and we're not getting any nutrients and we have to save everything we have. So every single calorie, every single, you know, gram of fat, like it's keeping all of it and it's slowing its metabolism down. Um, and then the third thing that I see is, you know, on an intuitive eating journey specifically, a lot of people have trouble with uh, one of the 10 principles, which is making peace with all food. Um, they feel like they are 
eating all the foods. They're, they're not, they're not restricting anything anymore. Um, but they still notice themselves eating past fullness and binging a lot. And that's what I call mental restriction. And what that is, is you're eating enough calorie wise and you're allowing all foods, but in your mind, you're still thinking to yourself, okay, well, if this quote unquote gets too out of hand or I gain too much weight, I'll just go back to the diet. So if you have that mental restriction, you're never going to get over that hump, which is why a lot of people who try to do intuitive eating on their own, they get really stuck in that one area. That's what I see a lot. So interesting. And then since you also have fitness as such a big component of what you do, connect the dots for us on intuitive eating and kind of the best, is there like intuitive fitness (laughs) where like you're intuitively eating and then you're figuring out like the best sort of fitness regimen that works for your body? Because I see this all the time where like, there might be, like you said earlier, you're just kind of copy pasting whatever you're seeing on your Instagram feed and being like, yeah, let's try a HIIT workout. And like, your body might totally not be up for a HIIT workout or like, it's like not all workouts are created equally. So is there a way to sort of gauge while you're on your intuitive eating journey, which sort of workout routine or what sort of fitness regimen also makes the most sense for your body? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that, you know, it's, there's 10 principles to intuitive eating. And the ninth principle is what we call joyful movement. So with joyful movement, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's movement that brings you joy. So that could be, that could be a hit workout. It could be CrossFit and weight training and things like that, but it could also be gardening, dancing, walking, cleaning the house, gentle yoga, stretching. It doesn't have to be this intense, intense thing. And I, I see that happen with a lot of people too, is they want to have these really intense workout regimens where they're sweating their butt off for an, an hour a day, six days a week. And it's so unrealistic for where they're at in terms of physicality, their, their schedule in their life. Um, and they burn out really quickly. And then they're like, screw it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then they don't work out for two months. So what I try to focus on with my clients is, A, what do you enjoy doing? And that could be any type of movement. But if we find something that you enjoy, you'll want to do it more consistently naturally. And that really is the key to the health and longevity benefits of exercise and physical activity is the consistency of it all. So I try to work with my clients on what do you like? What is your time commitment realistically? Like for me, I work out half an hour a day, six days a week, and that's it. Um, Sometimes I sweat, sometimes I don't. You know, there's so many like, like myths out there about what counts, quote unquote, counts as exercise. It has to be an hour and you have to sweat and you have to, it doesn't have to be any of those things. It just needs to be consistent. And it needs to be about, you know, 15 to 30 minutes most days of the week. And I think anybody can learn how to fit that in if they have the time management skills, but it is important. And, you know, half of my book is about fitness um, because it's only one principle of intuitive eating, but I feel like we talk about, you know, nutrition together so much, the more air component. So I do talk about in my book, if you're someone who really likes to sling the weights, how you can challenge yourself and how you can feel better in your body and gain strength and flexibility and mobility and agility without worrying about the number on the scale and without worrying about what your body looks like, but instead focusing on what it can do and how you feel in it. 
I love that. That's been my biggest, I'm currently pregnant, won't be by the time this episode comes out, but that's been my biggest thing throughout pregnancy is even before I was pregnant, I couldn't tell you the last time I stepped on a scale. I went to the doctor for the first time for my first pregnancy appointment. And I was like, I literally have no idea how much I weigh. Let's find out. So it's one of those things where I've been really challenging myself to just be focused on how I feel. And my goal is to feel strong mentally and physically. So if I'm doing things that are with an intention of strengthening my body, strengthening my mind, strengthening everything around my pelvic floor and supporting that whole area, but also I just knew from my first pregnancy that was something that I really felt like I missed. Like I I, I knew going into whatever would happen at the end of this pregnancy, my goal is to feel like a badass, like, like I can do anything because I am strong. So, and also people called me a toothpick my whole life. And I was kind of being like, <laughs> screw all of that. So that's all, but that, that I think is such an empowering way to look at it when you're looking solely at, okay, how, how do I want to feel? Because then that almost is like intuitive movement, because then you will, if you're looking to feel strong, you will do things that are probably going to strengthen your body in some capacity. Whereas if you're looking to relax, your movement might be a little bit different with an intention of relaxing certain muscles or doing whatever. So I think that's, I can personally vouch for (laughs) that recommendation as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's so funny, you know, I'm 35 and I feel like I'm the fittest and the most healthy I've ever been. And it's because I have let go of the reins a little bit and because I've started listening to what my body actually needs instead of forcing it to be something that it was never meant to be. And that caused a whole lot of stress, a whole lot of inflammation in my body. And like, you know, I, I, you know, I have a son as well. And, you know, not that, not that weight loss is, is ever the goal in intuitive eating, but isn't it interesting how the intuitive eater lost all the baby weight in two weeks without doing anything? I just let my body do what it was supposed to do. I didn't drastically cut my calories. I didn't start working out like a crazy person. I was just like, all right, my body's going to just naturally go wherever it's meant to go after this pregnancy. And lo and behold, it just pretty much, you know how it is. It's like, it's pretty much goes back. Never, never quite the same, but you know, it's something that I love and I respect my body so much more after that pregnancy because of what it did. You know, it's not, it's not about, I don't even know how much I weigh, but you know, I, I, I'm, I'm happy with what I have and it's just yeah. because I've been listening to my body. Yeah. For the girl looking in the mirror who hates what she sees, that's the hardest feeling. And I just want to like give her a hug, but what would you want to say to her in kind of closing out the conversation? Your, your body's not your worth. You know, we, we look at all these models and we think, oh, you know, being fit and thin is the key to happiness and getting a partner and success and feeling confident. And it's, it's none of those things. No one is looking at your body as, 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 as you are. Um, and you are so much more than that body. And if you didn't have that body, you wouldn't be here right now doing all of the things that you want to do, chasing all of your dreams. It's, it's just a vehicle for the soul. Um, and if you could maybe a piece of of advice I would have for her instead of trying to move toward body love move toward body looking yourself in the mirror say things like I have a body other people have bodies like my body and just try to move it to neutral don't even try to worry about body love right now because it'll feel too inauthentic but just get objective with what you see I love that 
Well, Alana, we want to get things wrapped up with a question we ask everyone to close out the Thrive podcast, which is what does Thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? I think thriving is really learning to be quiet and still and listen to what you really want and need in the moment and not worrying about the past and not worrying about the future, but just being with yourself in the moment. I think that that's, that's how I thrive. That's how I thrive is, is journaling my feelings and meditating in the moment and really just learning to be still. I think when we learn to be still, we learn all the different ways that we can thrive moving forward. Love that. Tell everybody where they can find you online to chat with you more, to find your new book and all that good stuff. Yes. So freedom with food and fitness, uh, how intuitive eating is the key to your happiest, healthiest self. That is the name of the book. Um, you can find it everywhere books are sold. Um, you can pre-order it on Amazon. Um, I am at freedomwithfoodandfitness.com. If you want to you know, talk to me about coaching, I have a 10-week program called Defy the Diet, uh, all about intuitive eating and mindset work. And then I'm also most active on Instagram at freedom with food and fitness. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.